You're listening to Center Church Podcast. At Center Church, we strive to keep Jesus at the center of everything we do. You're about to hear a message from our pastor, Matthew Edwards. But before you do, we want to invite you to visit our website at centercharlotte.org. There you can sign up for our weekly emails and receive new content as we release it. Secondly, we want to invite you to visit our pastor's blog at matthewedwards.cc. And finally, if this podcast ministered to you in any way, go ahead and subscribe and you'll be the first to know when we release more content in the future. Thanks for listening in and be blessed. In the world, I can share it all today. But I have been just enjoying the presence of God and using my imagination more than I ever have before. So my hope is that by the end of this service, in fact, let's just do it. Are you ready? Let's dive into it. Open up to Hebrews chapter 10, if you would. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to read from the uh, Amplified Classic Edition, okay? Amplified Classic. And uh, the newer version of the Amplified has changed some, so I think you missed some of the, the nuggets. But I like the Classic Edition. You have to, sorry? Chapter 10. I'm sorry, chapter 8. Thank you. Chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. Now, I want you to just take a moment. Keep in mind, God's word is very descriptive, right? God paints pictures through his word. Now, why does God enjoy painting pictures for all of you? Think about it. You can't see David kill Goliath, but you can see it where? In your mind. All right. Let me show you this. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their minds even upon their innermost thoughts, interesting, and understanding, and engrave them upon their hearts, and I will be their God, they shall be my people. Verse 11, and it will, be never, and it will never more be necessary for each one to teach his neighbor and his fellow citizen, or each one his brother, saying, no, perceive, have knowledge of, or get acquainted by experience with the Lord. For all will know me from the smallest to the greatest of them. For I, for or because, verse 12, for or because, I will be merciful and gracious towards their sin. And I will remember their deeds of unrighteousness. How many times? No more. Now, in the old covenant, God says, all right, this is the Ten Commandments. So I'll use my Bible as an example, all right? At Mount Sinai, in Exodus 20, God says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. He puts it on two tablets of stone, and then he gives it to you, right? So if you want to follow God, you have to look at something outside of you. Now, in the new covenant, God says, I'm not going to give you something from the outside. I'm going to put something on the inside. Are you with me? Now, all this is going to play together in just a moment. I'm going to put it on the inside. And I'm not just going to give you uh, something for you to try and keep. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write it on your heart and I'm going to inscribe it in your mind. Now, why your mind? And I love the classic edition here of the Amplified because the Amplified pulls out the Greek beautifully here. It says this. I will imprint my laws upon their minds, even upon their innermost thoughts. So watch this. When God wants you to do something, instead of telling you, hey, I want you to go give $100 to Matthew. There we go. And everyone said, (laughs) I want you to give $100 to Matthew. What he'll do is this. He'll paint a picture of what he wants you to do. In other words, you will see yourself handing Matthew $100. So let's let's practice. Everyone close. I'm just joking. (laughs) So what he does is he gives you a picture of what he wants you to do. You'll see yourself doing it. Now, I'm not saying he will never tell you, go do this. I'm not saying that at all. But more so than not, God will paint a picture for you. Are you with me? 
Now, the, the, the key here, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now instead of waiting. The key is, if you can see it inside you, you can see it outside of you. You'll see it outside. If you can't see it inside, you'll never get it on the outside. Because now God has done something in such a way where it's no longer um, everything comes from outside you. Now, when Jesus was on earth during his earthly ministry, Jairus, for example, when Jairus came to Jesus, he said, come, lay your hands on my daughter and she'll be healed. Jesus had to come in person. But now that Jesus is gone, he said this, it's your it's to your benefit that I leave. It's to your benefit. Because as long as Jesus is on earth, we have to go find him personally and we have to bring him personally. But once Jesus is gone, the Father will send the Spirit. And all of you, if you've received Christ, you have the Holy Spirit where? Inside of you. So now Jesus doesn't have to be here in the flesh. Now Jesus is always with you. He's inside of you by his Spirit. Now that's beautiful, right? And the beauty of it is now it's no longer outside. Now it's inside. Everything you need will come from inside you. You don't need someone to come and say, oh, I need you to come and, and do this for me. Or I need you to come and speak this. No, you have the spirit of the living God inside of you. You have God inside of you. Now, I, I, I'm flattered when you say, hey, hey Matthew, I need you. I, I think that's a great thing. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's not about me. Now, you can use me or you can use other people around you and say, hey, hey, come pray with me. Because you know what? Then we all become, it's like pulling our faith together. Right. It's like coming together and saying, hey, let's 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 build our faith together to believe God for this. But at the end of the day, you have God inside of you. You don't need anyone. In fact, John said it like this in first John. You have no need that anyone should teach you for the anointing within you teaches you all things. God is inside of you. God is inside of you. Are you with me? So now and my hope is this. This is my hope. Coming off of last Sunday, listening to that message like 12 times and then preparing for this week, I, I told my wife, I said, and, and she could verify this. I told her, I said, it's almost as if the Lord is trying to take every reason why you shouldn't be healed off the table. Think about it. It's almost as if God is saying, whatever the reason is that you cannot get healed, I want to take that and I want to take it off the table. I don't want there to be any reason on the table why you cannot receive from me. In fact, once everything is taken off the table, then the tables turn and it becomes there is no reason why I should not be healed. Are you with me? So, again, today is just to reinforce that truth again. Whatever you need from God, whether it's healing, and I I prefer to talk more about healing, but whether it's healing or whether it's a miracle, whatever it is, there is no reason because of the cross. There is no reason anymore why you should not receive from God. No reason. No reason whatsoever. Now, if you say, well, what about unbelief? We have CDs in the back. Uh, they're free. <laughs> All right. Last Sunday, we touched on unbelief. And everyone said, it was a good message. I listened to it 12 times. I'm telling you, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All right. But suffice to say this. Again, I'm going to give you a key, and I'm just going to give it to you now. I was going to give it to you later. If you can see it inside you, you can have it outside you. If you can't see it, then you don't get it. In fact, there's a, um, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's, let's keep going. Let's look at, uh, where are we going to go to? Where is it? Hebrews chapter 3? 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Let me say, I was so excited about this message, I prepared it on Monday. And so I had all week <laughs> to meditate. And so then when Sunday morning, this morning I woke up, I was like, wait a second, what verses am I using again? <laughs> so bear with me. But Hebrews chapter 11. Now, when you see the word faith, I'm just going to go ahead and challenge you now, okay? Again, I was going to wait till later, but I want to challenge you now. When you see the word faith, K 
can you change the word faith for something else? Is that okay? When, and I'm going to show you why in just a moment. It'll make sense. When you see the word faith, I want you to think of faith like this. Faith is the picture God has of you. Okay? Faith is the picture that God has of you. It's the story God has of you. For example, when, uh, when you are sick, in the Old Testament, he says, by his stripes, you are healed. Right? But in Peter, on this side of the cross, with all of us now, on this side of the cross, it's no longer by his stripes you are healed. It's by his stripes you were healed. So what is God's picture of you? You're not sick. As far as God is concerned, you're not sick. You're healed. So when we come and we say, oh, God, I'm so sick. He's like, wait a second. That's not the picture I see of you. Are you with me? So faith is not the picture we see of ourselves. Faith is the picture that God sees of us. And if we can believe the picture that God sees of us, I mean, think of, I'm excited. Church has become something different now, just in the past seven days for me. Church is now me saying, what's the picture that God sees of you? What is the picture you see of yourself? Let's make the pictures come together. In fact, not even compromise. Let's take your picture and make your picture line up with his picture. And if you can see yourself the way God sees you, I don't have to lay hands on you. Before the service is over, you'll already get what God has for you. Because you'll see it inside of you. Are you with me? Church is not me telling you, this is what you see of yourself and this is why. Church is me telling you, this is what God sees in you. When Abraham came before the Lord, the Lord said, Abraham, do you believe the story? The story. In fact, you won't see the word story in Genesis. In Genesis, God brought Abraham out and he said, Abraham, look at the stars. Look at the stars. And the Bible says, Abraham, look, and God said this, count the stars. Abraham looked up, and the Bible says Abraham believed God credited it to him as righteousness. He was righteous for the rest of his life because he looked to the stars and he believed. Now, some of you have heard me mention this before. If you haven't, let me give you a cool little nugget. It has nothing to do with today's message. Are you ready? Right. When God said count the stars, the word count in the Hebrew is the word tell the story. Tell the story in the stars. Abraham looked. And tried to tell this and the story he saw in the stars, whatever he saw, he believed. And the story that he believed, God said, now you are righteous forever. Are you with me? Now, what is the story he saw in the stars? Satan takes the story and he has twisted it and turned it into something that God never intended it to be. If you go to the world, they say it's Hercules. We see Hercules, half man, half God, who is fully man, fully God. Oh, you're getting it, right? <laughs> In Revelation, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Isn't it interesting that you have the lion? They call him Leo the lion, right? But who is the lion supposed to be? Satan has perverted it. But God put the stars in order for all of us to see. Even when you are distressed and it seems like nighttime is falling on you, when you look up at the stars, you'll see the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Half man, half God, he has come to save all of us. Virgo, the virgin, she gave birth to the child. <laughs> she gave birth to the Savior. I mean, come on, amen. I mean, he looked up and he saw the story and he said, oh my God, it's here too. I believe. God said, good, now you're righteous. So Abraham had to believe what God saw in him. Even though he didn't act like he was righteous, he had to believe the picture that God said of him. When Abraham slept with his handmaiden at his wife's request, at his wife's request, all right, at his wife's request, all right, when he failed, when he failed, he still had to believe the picture that God had of him. And what was the picture God had of him? You are righteous. You are righteous. 
I'm telling you, my job is to get you to believe the picture God has of you. You are righteous, and there's nothing you can do to change that. God sees you righteous. He has said because of the blood of Jesus, you are righteous now and forevermore. What about my sin? God sees you righteous. Line up with what he sees with you. And if you can see what he sees in you, you'll get it. Whatever you can see inside, you can see outside. Now, that becomes a principle for leadership. You know why? You know why? When God called a deliverer to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, if you remember, they were in bondage, right? They were in bondage. And they, the Bible says they cried out. God heard their crying and God sent Moses. Isn't it interesting that Moses complained and said, Lord, Lord, I, I, I can't speak well. I'm not this. I'm not that. God said, fine, I'll send Aaron, your brother. Now, Aaron had been a slave with the other people. Moses was never a slave. But when it came time for God to pick a leader, God did not pick someone who was a slave. God picked someone who was born in the palace, not born, who enjoyed the palace life from the time he was a baby. You know why? Because somebody who sees slavery can never lead other slaves into the promise of God. It takes someone who has seen the goodness of God. It takes someone to see who has seen the finer things of life to say, wait a second, we can get more. There's something out there. I see it inside of me. I can see the the, the promised land. Even though they can't see it, I can see it. And you know what? If you can see it, then you can lead everyone else out. That's why, listen, do not get caught up in what the world says. Don't get caught up in what the world does. Well, people do this. No, 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 no. You keep your mind, as Paul said, keep your mind on things above where Christ is seated. I think that's in Colossians 3, 2, 2 or 3, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's 3. Keep your mind on things above where Christ is seated. See what God sees in you and you can get it. If you can't see it, you won't get it. Oh, man. (laughs) This is our second verse. You know how many more verses we have? Do the Panthers play today? Oh, well. I'm just joking. I won't do that to you. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, again, all that said to say, change the word faith. Let's start that message again. Change the word faith to the picture that God sees of you, believing the picture God sees of you, okay? And it'll make more sense in just a moment. Verse 1, Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. My mom said it a minute ago. Hope is the confident expectation. You're expecting something. You can see something inside of you. Faith is the substance of what you can see. Are you with me? Faith is the substance of what you see internally. Are you with me? Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Not seen where? Physically. So it's not what you see physically, it's what you see internally. Are you with me? Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were, were not made of things which are visible. What's he saying? God saw light in him, so he called light forth. Are you with me? God saw, uh, 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 the, the, he saw the land coming together, so he called it forth. God saw the sun, the moon, and the stars, he called it forth. He didn't see it, but he saw it internally. What you see internally is what you should be declaring out loud. Don't declare out loud what you see externally. Oh, you know, uh, well, oh, my back always hurts every time I, uh, you know. No, 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 no. That's external. What does God see in you? What does God see about you? That's what you should be declaring. And if you can see it, not just say it out loud, but see it. See yourself healed. See yourself walking around. See yourself jumping and running. I mean, come on. And I say this because uh, I understand our church. Age is just a number. Age 
age is just a number. See yourself running around. Abraham was 100 years old. This old man, I won't, I won't do that for you. I mean, come on, he's 100 years old. And he had one son, and we say, oh, man, it was the promise of God. You forget, by the time he died, he had more children. More children. Age is just a number. See yourself the way God sees you. You are the seed of Abraham. The promises Abraham received belong to you. And everyone said, Amen. come on. So anyways, don't declare what you see. Declare what God sees. Declare what God sees. Let's make faith so simple that even our children can understand it. Can you see it inside you? Then you know what? You will get it. You'll get it. And you know what? Again, it goes back to last week. God is bound by his word. If God has said, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed, then it is not on you. It's on him. Who is the shepherd? Jesus. Who is the sheep? We are. If he's the shepherd, we are the sheep. Who is responsible for the condition of the sheep? There you go. It's not on me to produce the healing. It's not on you to produce the healing. It's on you to say, good shepherd, be the shepherd you say you are. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look at this real quick in Matthew chapter 9. Okay? Matthew chapter 9. In fact, Matthew chapter 9 has four miracles that happen. Four miracles that happen that lead up to this one miracle. Okay? Now, in Matthew chapter 9, oh, man. I'm excited. I'm trying not to talk fast. When I get excited, I talk too fast. Oh, here we go. Matthew chapter 9. Now, we're going to pick up at verse 18. I'm going to skip down to 27, but in Matthew chapter 9, there's four miracles that lead up to the one we're going to talk about. Now, let me show you why I believe, again, I'm just giving you a brand new definition. Faith is the picture that God sees. Believe the picture that God sees about you. Okay? Faith is believing the picture that God sees about you. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, it opens with a paralytic. And I love this story. I share it all the time. The paralytic, he was a man who had four friends. And the four friends, when they came to bring their, their one friend who was paralyzed, they brought their friend to Jesus, but they couldn't get into the house. So what did they do? They go up on top of the roof. They open up the roof. They drop their friend down through the roof. All right. Now, we always look at them and say, what faith? Right. The Bible says Jesus looked up at them and saw their faith. Then he looked to the man and said, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, we've shared this in the past. What produces faith in a person when they know that their sin is forgiven? When you know all your sin has been removed by the blood of Jesus, faith comes easy. All right. So he says, son, your sins are forgiven. All the Pharisees around him get angry. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus, knowing what they're thinking in their hearts, perceived what they were saying in their hearts, looks up and says, what's easier to say? Your sin is forgiven or take up your bed and walk. Now, we've answered that before. Again, we all know the answer to that. It's easier for us to say your sin is forgiven, because if I say stand up and walk and you don't, (laughs) it's easier. But for Jesus, let me ask you, which is easier? It's easier for him to say stand up and walk, stand up and walk, than it is for him to say your sin is forgiven. Forgiveness comes at a cost. It comes at the cost of his own life. Jesus did the hard thing first so that the man could receive the easier part later. Healing is easy. Healing is easy. But you know what? We have to see it. If you don't use your imagination to see it, it will never happen. Healing is easy. See yourself healed. See yourself running. See yourself doing cartwheels. 
I don't do cartwheels. My niece did cartwheels. She said, Uncle Matthew, truth or dare? I said, truth. No, dare me. I said, I don't want to dare. Dare me to do a cartwheel. No. She's like, well, you know. But I want to see all of you doing cartwheels. And all everyone said. <laughs> right. So anyways, long story short, Jesus saw their faith. What did they see? They saw in their minds, they saw in their hearts, if Jesus encounters this man, he will get healed. They saw it. They got it. Are you with me? The next one that happens, uh, where is it? Jairus comes to Jesus. When Jairus comes to Jesus, Jesus gets off the boat and Jairus comes to him and says, if you'll just lay your hands on my daughter, she will live. What is the picture he saw? He didn't just say, Jesus, show up. He said, come lay hands on my daughter. He saw a picture in his mind. Are you with me? Faith, again, faith is just believing the picture that God has for you. Then after that, while he's on his way to raise the dead girl back to life, what happens? The woman with the issue of blood comes and she touches the hem of his garment. And the Bible says the moment she touched his garment, she was healed. The bleeding stopped. Twelve years of bleeding comes to an end. Twelve years of spending money on doctors and only getting worse comes to an end. Not only did she get healed, she got prosperity. Are you with me? So she gets healed. And in that moment, the Bible says, for she said within herself, if I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. What did she see? She saw herself touching his garment. She saw herself getting healed. Faith is just believing. It's just believing the picture God has. I'm telling you, if we could just, and I, I believe in you, but I mean, if we could just believe the picture God has, I promise you, we would be so much better. Let's just believe the picture God has. Now watch this. While Jesus spoke to them, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just died. This is the story of Jairus. I just told you that story. Let's fast forward. Um, the woman says this, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I may be made well. Look at this. The woman with the issue of blood, verse 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Your picture of what I could do for you has made you well. Your picture. Jesus never painted the picture that if you just touch his garment, you could get healed. She dared to believe. She dared to see. If I can touch him, I'll get healed. And Jesus turned around and said, your picture has made you well. Sinner Church, your picture is what's going to make you well. Stop waiting for God to heal you. He has already healed you at yes. the cross. Yes. He can't do anything else. He's done it all. He can't do more than what he's already done. He's done it all. Jesus said, it is finished. It's done. It's done. Just let your vision line up with his. Start seeing yourself healed. Can we practice it real quick? I do this when I pray a lot. Close your eyes real quick. Close your eyes. All right. Just close your eyes. Now, do this before we do healing. Do this. Close your eyes and just see yourself standing before the throne of God. Whatever that picture is. Just see yourself standing before God's throne. All right. See the Lord standing there. My picture that I always see, I can't see his face. I don't know why. I think it's just something personal. <laughs> but you, I can't see his face. But I always see him sitting on the throne. And then to, the, his, to my left, which is his right, I always see another throne just as big. And I see that my name is on that seat. Whenever I pray, I always see this image in my mind, all right? With your eyes closed, can you see it? You don't have to open your eyes. You can just say yes. Can you see it? All right, now, now that you're there in your mind, now that you're imagining that, take a moment real quick. If you are sick this morning, all right, now that you've seen yourself in front of him, see yourself healed in that area of your sickness. If it's a leg pain, see yourself walking and see yourself running. Let's take it one step further. See yourself jumping off a building. There you go. <laughs> See it. 
Now you can open your eyes. Now say this in Jesus name. I receive my healing. Amen. And it's yours. You say, well, I'm still feeling it. Then do it again. Keep lining your vision up with what God sees. Keep lining your vision up with what God sees. And you know what? The more you see it there, Old Testament, like we said earlier, Old Testament, as many as looked, lived. As many as can see it will receive it. If you can't see it, you won't get it. But if you can see it, you will get it. Now, let me show you one more. Let me show you one more story. Okay. How do we know that it's internal and it's not external? How do we know? All right. Two blind men came to Jesus once. They can't see. (laughs) Watch what happens. Watch this. I love this story. Verse 27, same chapter. Verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, What? According to your... Let it be done to you. Now watch this. You know, Jesus never talked about faith when he would go about healing the masses. He never talked about it. In fact, you'll notice a pattern. Every time Jesus would go out healing people, healing. In fact, in Luke, the Bible says as there was one, one point, as many people could touch him, there went power out from him, and he healed them all. Every time Jesus healed the masses, there's always a pattern. Jesus would teach, preach, and then he would heal. He would teach, preach, heal. He never healed first and then taught. But there were moments when people would come to him and he hadn't he he had not been teaching or he had not been preaching and they would come to him. And then Jesus couldn't just heal them right there. He had to do something else. Do You understand Jairus, for example, when Jairus came to him, Jesus had not been preaching. He just gotten off a boat. Jairus says, come to my house. Jesus has to go. Are you with me? The woman with the issue of blood, she hadn't heard Jesus preaching and teaching. She said within herself, she had to go to him. When it comes to these two blind men, Jesus had not been preaching. So what does that say about preaching and teaching? As long as the message is about Jesus, and as long as the message is about showing you how God sees you, you know what? You don't need anyone to lay hands on you. You just need to line your vision up with him. All right? But what about the moments where no one is preaching and teaching? Watch what Jesus says. They said to him, yes, Lord. Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They say, yes, Lord. He says, it says, then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, according to the picture that you see. All right. According to the picture that you see, let it be to you. Now, what did they see? Not with their physical eyes. What did they see internally? They saw themselves seeing. (laughs) Next verse. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them saying, see that no one knows it. Now, he told him that because he was trying to spend time with his disciples. But suffice to say this, if you can see it, you can get it. Amen. Can we go ahead and take this one step further? I'm mindful of the time. I won't go too much longer. All right. If you have your Bible, can you open up to Hebrews chapter three real quick? Hebrews chapter three. And I'm going to show you a story in numbers in just a moment. But I want to read this to you from Hebrews chapter three. And let me say, too, this is not positive thinking. Okay, there was a movement about 10 years ago that was really big on positive thinking. Just think positively and life will be good. I believe and I'll be radical in this one. I believe that is satanic. All right. Because what happens is Satan goes positive thinking in the church. Let's have positive thinking in the world. But let's take Jesus out of it. 
If we take Jesus out and we put it in the world and people do it, people in the church won't want to do it anymore because it looks like ah, it's not good. So then you have people going, just think positively, positive energy. We just need positive. Let's think positive and good things will happen. But what happens? You take Jesus out of it. All right. What is Satan trying to do? He's trying to remove Jesus from the picture. Are you with me? We are here to put Jesus back in the picture. So positive thinking in the world, let them do what they want. This is not positive thinking. This is Jesus-based positive thinking. Jesus Christ-centered positive thinking. Where did Jesus pay for you to be able to do this? You know that David, in fact, let's, do you know that the Ark of the Covenant was taken into captivity once? All right. I don't want to tell the whole story. But the children of Israel, they went into battle once. They made a mistake. We won't talk about it this morning another time. They went into battle once. And the Bible says that the ark was taken by the Philistines. That next morning, that night, they put the ark in their temple called Dagon, their fish god. The next morning when they woke up, they went to the temple and the ark of the covenant, which is where God's presence was. The ark of the covenant was standing upright where it should have been. And Dagon, his head was cut off. His arms were cut off. All right. So what did they do? They, they, they panic, they freak out, they put the head back, they put the arms back, and they say, okay, let's, it, maybe it was just an accident, maybe someone did it in the night. The next day they come back, Dagon is on his face in front of the ark. The ark is where it should be. All right? They freak out. Get rid of the ark. <laughs> we had to help our, our God, Dagon, get rid of the ark. That's the answer, right? But you have a picture of what happened later on. You know that David, when he went onto the battlefield to fight Goliath, you know what he did? The Bible says after he killed him with the slingshot, he went to Goliath and with Goliath's own arm, his arm, not his physical arm, but his weapon is an arm. He took his arm and he cut his head off. Interesting. Interesting picture there, right? Cut his head off, took the head of Goliath and went back to Israel, back to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he stuck it in the ground and buried it. And they called it the Mount of the Skull, Golgotha. Why Gotha? Why Golgotha? Goliath, his name was Goliath from Goth. So they called the Mount Golgotha. Later on, Jesus would come. And in Isaiah, he says, who has seen the arm of the Lord? The weapon that God will bring. <laughs> what happens? Jesus dies on Golgotha, the Mount of the Skull. And right there, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid for you. He paid for you, all right? He paid for you to be able to think positively and bring out from the inside of you everything God has for you. Are you with me? This is not positive thinking. This is Jesus-centered positive thinking. And everyone said, it's been paid for. So let's go. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. I'm going to bring this to a close in just a moment, okay? Bear with me. I have one more story and we'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 3 says this in verse 16. It says, for who having heard rebelled, talking about the Israelites when they arrived at the promised land. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was God angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? See, I'm sorry. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Now, we know the story. I'm going to breeze through this story because I want to show you one, one truth, and I'll let you go. Is that okay? Watch this. What we just saw in Hebrews 3, they could not go in because of unbelief. Why could they not go in? Ten spies went in. Twelve went in. Ten came out, gave a bad report. And let me show you what they said. In fact, hold on. Let me show you what Caleb said first. Now, again, we looked at this last week. We looked at it, I think, two weeks before. But let me just show you real quick. It says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. 
He hasn't even started to overcome the promised land, but he already sees we are going to win. Let me ask you this. Do you see yourself winning before you get there? (laughs) Do you see yourself winning before you go to work tomorrow? Stop outside your job. Close your eyes and say, hey, just see yourself. Don't even say anything. Just see the Lord opening doors for you. See the Lord promoting you. See the Lord giving you favor with your boss. In fact, on the way to church, I was meditating and I had this thought popped in my head. See your boss saying the favor of God is on you. You have the wisdom of God. And when I had the thought, I said, but Lord, what if their boss isn't a believer? And all of a sudden, like like a flash, all of a sudden the Lord reminded me when Joseph stood before Pharaoh, a heathen king. You know what Pharaoh said? We need someone with the wisdom of God. (laughs) Is there anyone like him? Come on, you don't need, your boss doesn't have to be a believer to, dis, to, to be able to discern the favor of God is all over you. Right. Are you with me? Right. Even Nebuchadnezzar, he put three boys in, he saw four. Heathen king saw four. He said, oh my God, that one is like the son of God himself. Come on, your boss can be a heathen. He can be the most unchristlike person on the face of the planet. Doesn't matter. You stop. You see yourself favored by God and let God handle the rest. Are you with me? Now let's fast forward. What did the 10 spies say? Look at this. The 10 spies, verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him, with Caleb, said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Now, I had to show you this because you know what happened? It wasn't bad enough that they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of their enemies. They had to see themselves through the eyes of their enemies. Think about it. It's bad enough when you see yourself as a loser. It's even worse when you see yourself as a loser through the eyes of your enemies. They said, our enemies saw us as grasshoppers. How do you know how they see you? Come on. Do not see yourself failing through the eyes of your enemies. (laughs) You've already lost. You'll never win. You will never win. You'll never win. Now, watch this last one and I'll close. Watch this very last one. You can read numbers for yourself. Numbers is, oh man, read the rest of the story for yourself. But translate the word faith as believing the picture God has. All right? Go read the rest of that story for yourself in Numbers 14. But I want to show you this. and This is my last, last verse. Look. Is blank, okay? Last, last, last verse, right? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, last, last verse, promise. Paul says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Faith. What is faith? Believing the picture God has of you. Say it, say believing, believing. the picture believing. that God has of me. For years, I didn't understand what that phrase meant until I started using that definition for faith. All right. Once I use this definition, it makes sense that Christ may dwell in your heart through what? Faith, through believing the picture that God has. That means stop and imagine Jesus is where? In my heart. But watch this, that you being rooted and grounded in love, being rooted and grounded in love. So use your imagination to see yourself loved by God, loved by God. Imagine yourself being loved by God. Watch this. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height 
to know the love of Christ, not the love for, but the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How do you become filled with the fullness of God? When you are seeing yourself loved by God, you will be filled with all the fullness that God has. We thought the only way to be filled with the fullness of God is to speak in tongues all day. Tongues helps. Tongues keeps you in the love of God. But do you know that seeing yourself loved by God internally is how you fill yourself up with all that God has? You want to be filled with God's fullness? Stop what you're doing and say, Jesus, you love me. Just see God loving on you. See God loving on you. It wasn't enough for God to tell you. He had to show you, and he sent his son to do it. Oh, man, God loves you. And verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, <laughs> according to the power that works in you. Now watch this, that last phrase, according to the power that works in you. In other words, God can only do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think, according to the power that works in you. You want God to do more? See yourself being loved by God more. You want God to do more? Use your imagination more. Use your imagination more. I'm going to tell you as kids, they say, don't let your imagination run wild. As an adult, let your imagination run wild. Right? Again, like last Sunday, I'm not qualified. Let your imagination run wild. Right? See yourself like Joseph. I'm in a pit. How do I go from here to there? See yourself. See it. See it. See God loving on you. See God loving you, and because he loves you, see him opening doors for you. Just use your imagination more. My hope for you this morning is that you say, hey, you know what? There is no reason why I can't be healed. There's no reason why I can't get this spot. There's no reason why I can't go through this door. There's no reason why God won't do this for me. I'm going to start using my imagination to get it. Use your imagination. And everyone said, Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that you loved everyone in here. Father, that you love everyone in here, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your love for us. Just take a moment real quick with your eyes closed to just see the Lord loving on you. Father, I just thank you that you love everyone in here. And Father, I thank you that as they use their imaginations this week, this week, as they use their imagination even today, Father, I thank you that you will confirm your word by moving quickly for them, moving quickly for all of us. Father, we see ourselves healed. We see ourselves running, our youth being restored to all of us. Father, we see ourselves free of every sickness and every disease. We see ourselves prosperous, wealthy, because you made us wealthy. We see ourselves favored everywhere we go this week, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We see our children coming home. Father, we see that we have favor with our children because you have given us favor with them. Father, we see our children coming back asking us for advice, asking us for our opinion because we have favor with them. Father, whatever you've put in the hearts of anyone in here, whatever their desire is this week, may they begin to see it by your grace. May they begin to see it by your grace. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now this morning, just receive it. While your eyes are still closed, just say, Lord, I receive it. Whatever it is, Lord, I receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to Center Church Podcast. We trust that you've been blessed. 
If you'd like to receive more of our content in the future, you can email us at centercharlotte at gmail.com or just visit our website at centercharlotte.org. Thanks for tuning in and may God's grace cover you in every area of your life.